All right. I would now like to bring in my special guest, Jay Flannelly, also known as the Beeve, and is Tom Brady's longtime friend from Michigan, as well as his personal scout. Thank you for uh, coming on to the show today, Jay. How you doing? Good, buddy. Anything going on? Anybody retire from the Patriots, the Bucks sign, any running backs? God, it's busy. Busy Monday. Busy Monday. What are your thoughts? You think Julian Edelman's hanging the cleats up, or you think he's going to go hang with your uh, buddy Tom? I think he's going to retire. Yeah. I don't know anything. Uh, it's a physical thing. Yeah. And uh, he's had a great career. And, uh, you know, I think the uh, the Bucks have uh, enough pass catchers. And they just signed Giovanni Bernard. So, right. Thought they were going to get James White, but uh, uh, James decided to stay here. It's good for him. Uh, he's a team captain for the Patriots. Patriots need a lot more pass catchers than the Bucks do. So, the. Uh, it's a good situation for him, but Edelman is a is a historic uh, Patriots player, Patriots Hall of Fame player, uh, very dependable, made a lot of great plays, incredible story. I mean, right up there, you know, without uh, you know, right up there with my buddy's story, where guy was a college quarterback at Kent State, he was basically Tim Tebow running and passing, came in, uh, practice squad, fringe squad guy, barely making the roster playing both ways, special teams, kick coverage, punt returner, fourth, fifth wide receiver. That was the year in 09 when uh, uh, Wes Welker towards the ACL week 17 against the Texans. And uh, they got their asses kicked by the Ravens in the first round of Ray Rice, 83 yards, first play. Uh, but no, great, great player. Uh, hopefully, you know, he's got a family too, so wish him well in the future. But I think he's going to retire, and I think he should to be for Vasilya. Yeah, definitely. So, so now let's let's move on to this um, this whole relationship that you have um, with with Tom. What's it like being a friend to him, and then also, you know, being his personal scout? What's that like? <laughs> well, it's, it's funny the the way you worded that. See, I, this, this is going to sound very odd. Oh, I say this. I knew Tom Brady before he was Tom Brady. Does that make sense? Hundred percent. So, um, yeah. So. But here's the, here's the thing. Tommy hasn't changed that much. Now, his bank account and his Super Bowls and all that, everything else has changed. But he's still Tommy to me. Uh, you know, we've been through a lot together. Uh, he, he didn't have the easiest career uh, in in uh, in Michi- at Michigan. Uh, you know, I don't know if he would have stayed here in today's world with the transfer portals and everything. But, you know, um, rocky road for him. Uh, got drafted, was the fourth quarterback, sitting in the stands eating pizza with the fans. Nobody knew who he was. Uh, you know, I worked a, I worked Chris Slade's football camp in uh, summer of 2001, and uh was getting some minor surgery done and couldn't make it to the Mrs. Chris Slade's football camp. He couldn't make it. And I'm friends with Chris, and I said, hey, call my buddy Tom. And literally, Harrison, this was at like 10 o'clock in the morning. Tommy was there like one thirty, hanging on, signing with kids, and wow. talking to uh, talking to my a couple of my Andover kids that I had there. And literally two months later, he was the quarterback of the Patriots. So yeah, on, uh, crazy. Just, uh, it's September September twenty third, two thousand and one, when my favorite player in the Patriots, Bledsoe, got taken out, and my buddy took over. Yeah. So as, definitely, as uh, Drew likes to say, Tom was a really bad backup. So <laughs> there you go. He took his job. Well, he pipped him. Now, so the, uh, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. So, I mean, the, 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 
the I'm a scout for Tom stuff is, is very overrated. Uh, he doesn't need me to help him. Uh, it's a, I'm part of his routine. I think he likes it. Early on, it might have helped him more than I do now because he didn't know the team. I mean, he jokes, joked about the Super Bowl. He didn't know where New England was and stuff like that. And uh, But it was it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of work, but it's not work, if that makes sense. I love doing it. I love breaking down film. And it's, it's become easier for me on that end because I know what he looks at and what he likes to see and what he does well. And even with the, the team change this year, uh, the personnel groupings and so forth are much better with the Buccaneers and what they dealt with in the Patriots. Um, that's why I'm, I'm a big Cam Newton fan. I've always been a big Cam Newton fan. And, you know, was he great last year? No. But, I mean, Tom struggled with that group of receivers too. And, uh, you know, the, the year before. And, uh, you know, it, it's not an ideal situation, as Mr. Kraft has said the bad drafts and the kill Harrys of the world. And he gets dumped on a lot because of that wide receiver group and class that he was in with DK Metcalf and AJ Brown and McLaren and all those guys. But it's all these other second round picks that they've wasted on the Duke Dawson's of the world. And those type of things. I mean, hell they, they didn't even draft the right Georgia running back. Uh, anybody who pays attention to football knows Nick Chubb's a lot better than Sony and Sony's a good player, but he's not Nick Chubb. And, uh, you know, those type of things and uh, just a run of bad drafts, as Mr. Kraft said. Yeah, now, uh, let me ask you this. So when it comes to, you know, when it co- first of all, how did you get into scouting? Oh, okay, real simple. Um, I played at Andover High for Dick Collins. Yep. And uh, Joe Arbino was our defensive coordinator. And his son, Joe, is one of my best friends. Uh, played on a great team in high school with Joe Marinaro, Brett Hammond, Johnny Thompson, Brian Denellen, a whole bunch of other guys, Pat Finn, Hunter Lockman, Dave Tucker, a million great players, Peter Reming. Uh, and they came to recruit Joe Marinaro at my high school. Uh, my, his junior year, Joe and I were in the, the 91 class, and I befriended uh, the coach who came to recruit Joe from Michigan, uh, Ken Cameron. I'm a huge Michigan fan. So I followed Joe out to Michigan after going to St. John's in New York City for two years. Followed Joe out to Michigan in 93. I worked for the football team. And I always, I was kind of a, you know, stat nerd before stat nerds were cool with the, not necessarily stat nerds, but, hey, what did these guys do on first down and second down? A lot of that was because I played for Coach Collins and Coach Arabino. Coach Arabino was our defense coordinator. He's my Pop Warner junior league coach. And really taught me how to break down film and how to take away what the other team did best and so forth. And he's a huge influence on my career and what I do now. So I worked for the football team. I worked for Gary Moeller and Coach Carr, Lloyd Carr, who was also Tommy's coach. Uh, But learned a lot. It was like a Ph.D. class on being around coaches. Les Miles was here. Jim Herman was here. Uh, Greg Madison was here. Uh, Brady Hulk was here. We had a lot of really good coaches here. Mike DeBoard was here. Bobby Morrison, who was like the king of uh, of halftime adjustments. He would he would see something, draw it up on the board at halftime, and come out and do it. We had a game against Penn State where they hold Tyrone Wheatley to like, you know, 10 carries for five yards in the first half. And Coach Morrison went to the board at halftime. This is the 94 Penn State game. Went up, changed two or three things on the board. Tyrone of like three carries for like 180 yards and the, at the start of the second 
the runs he had. He could still be running. We had a block perfectly, and nobody touched him. So just uh, just falling into it and just something I enjoy. Very similar to you, sports guy, and just had some really good people around me, and they kind of fell in my lap. Awesome. Um, so, so when it comes to, when it comes to scouting and, and, you know, you're sending, uh, Brady, the scouting reports, right? Uh, you know, how much time is involved, uh, when planning and how do you do it for the next opponent? You know, give me a week by week, you know, breakdown type of thing. Okay. This year was very odd. It's odd for everybody, obviously with COVID, but Tommy changed teams. So I didn't know the Buccaneers at all. I mean, it's very funny. Uh, I had a general idea that Tommy would be leaving the Patriots at the end of the season. So I looked at like five or six teams, uh, the Raiders, Dallas, Tennessee, the 49ers, uh, the Dolphins, uh, and the Bucks were one of them. So I had to really learn the Bucks. I would, you know, off season, I'd do 15 to 20 hours a week on, on the Bucks, just learning their personnel. It's, it's one of the few teams in the league I probably knew the least about. Uh, we played them on Thursday night a couple of years ago. It was funny. I believe Nick Folk was why well, he won the game. He missed a couple field goals for the Bucks. Um, the new Patriots kicker, of course. Right. Um, but no, I, I learned. And, and then when you play the teams, you play your divisional teams twice. You play Atlanta, Carolina, and the Falcons. And I knew the Saints fairly well, just because they've been a good team. And obviously, I know Atlanta because we played in the Super Bowl. Uh, didn't know Carolina, and they had all their defense, had a whole new defense that drafted all new defensive guys. But played a lot of common teams that we had played before: the Rams, the Chiefs, with Spagnola. Uh, when when we go to play a team, my focus is on the other team's defensive coordinator and Tommy's history with the defensive coordinator. Whether it's somebody like Mike Zimmer or Rex Ryan or Wink Martindale from the Ravens, where he has a history with. Or is it a newer, younger guy that he doesn't have a relationship with? And then I look at, hey, who did this guy used to coach for? Oh, he's a Bill Belichick guy. He's a John Harbaugh guy. He's a Jim Johnson defensive coordinator guy. He's um, from Mike Vrabel. So you look at the relationships Tommy has against a team. And then you look at, okay, are they man, are they zone, are they combination coverage? They run a 4-3, they run a 3-4. What do they do on third down? Do they blitz? Do they do that? And And then after I do all that, I look at, okay, who plays the system similar to what we do? And the Buccaneers are basically an 11 personnel team or 12 personnel team, which is 11 personnel, three wide receivers, one running back, and a tight end. 12 personnel is one running back, two tight ends, two wide receivers. And then I see how they defend that. One of the things that we did a lot in the Super Bowl, the Buccaneers did, they borrowed a lot of the stuff they did in the Super Bowl, particularly the Gronk first touchdown where he went across in motion. They borrowed that from the Raiders. The Raiders had a lot of success against the Chiefs defense in the two games. You look at, I believe they scored almost 90 points against against the uh, Chiefs defense. And so you look at common opponents, people who do similar things to what you do, and how does Tommy incorporate what they do? Um, a great example from the Super Bowl that everybody saw at the end of the first half, you know, they Bucks were driving, and Andy Reid screwed up and called timeouts. And Tom hit the big pass, in, the first pass interference to Mike Evans down the sideline. Twenty-one tackled him, and then on the next play, uh, Honey Badger 
got another P, uh, personal, uh, not personal foul. He got a pass interference or holding on Mike Evans. And you see Tom yelling at the Bucks bench, no, 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 five. He's holding up five. And this is a famous video. Everybody saw it. They're like, oh, my God, Tom's showing up for his errands. No, what he was saying is he wanted to stay in five wide receivers because they had a play set up against the Chiefs defense. The Chiefs do not really sub in the goal line. They left Honey Badger and Daniel Sorison out there. They had three safeties in the game. So if you watch the touchdown where Antonio Brown, who actually ran the wrong route, by the way, on Antonio Brown's touchdown, with Honey Badger covering him. Now, you watch a lot of football, Harrison. You think yeah. Honey Badger covering Antonio Brown is a good matchup? Uh, of course. Of course. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a strong safety covering an inside receiver inside from the five-yard line, inside the five-yard line. So it's a goal line play. So traditionally, teams load up on tight ends, and the Buccaneers are like this. They load up on tight ends. They ran the ball. You remember they got stopped on fourth down early in the game, the Ronald Jones play. So the Chiefs were probably thinking, hey, they're probably going to come out and play action and try to hit Gronk or Cam Brate or one of the receivers. So instead, they got Honey Badger on, on Antonio Brown inside. Now, the funny part of that is I mentioned Antonio Brown ran the wrong route. He was supposed to run an outside route. Now, Harris, you're, you're a Patriots fan, yep. and casual fans of football will tell you, why would you not want to run an inside route on a – goal line play at the end of a half. This is where Malcolm Butler's raising his hand. Right. So, because of what happened with the Malcolm Butler play. Because anytime you throw a ball inside, where there's a lot of people, there's a lot of people with hands that can hit the ball and deflect it like the Malcolm Butler play that won the Super Bowl in 2014. So, it was, it was just a... Tommy's at the point now, and he's said this a million times in the last year or so. He knows all the questions to the test. He's got the answers. And the, the job of the rest of his teammates is to be on the same page and study for the test. He was very confident in this for most to the point where when the game started on Super Bowl Sunday, I was very relaxed, which I'm never relaxed during football season. Uh, and I was very confident and relaxed because Tommy was very confident and relaxed. And he's usually not... He's usually positive, confident about a game, but he was very, we've got this, because I think a lot of it was they had the great success against the Chiefs the, the first time they played them this year in the second half. And they realized that the Chiefs didn't have a good matchup for Mike Evans. Chris Godwin could, could beat their guys too. And they saw some things defensively where they could do um, things uh, against the the, 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 uh, the defense of the, the Chiefs where, um, Tommy had Tommy had not played Spagnola that much uh, since the Super Bowl in 07. Uh, the, uh, they played him in the uh, in like week 13 of 2019, the game they lost in Foxborough. They got stopped on fourth down from like the two-yard line. But um, obviously Mike Evans and friends are much better than Nikhil Harry and Jacoby Myers and those guys. So it was good. It was, uh, it was nice to get trophy number seven and uh, to, uh, you know, get back at somebody who cost us a Super Bowl. So it was fun. It was a good, great game plan by the coaches too. Uh, Coach uh, Christensen and uh, our, our, uh, quarter, our offense, Byron Leftwich and B.A. did a great job. B.A. is very underrated. doesn't get enough credit. But they did a really good job in the Super Bowl, and they really uh, beat down the Chiefs who have a very good stand, uh, coaching staff. 
Yeah. So you, you know, uh, you, you mentioned it, you, you, you brought it up about, uh, uh, you know, about the Patriots and, you know, difference between, you know, giving, giving Tom somebody good compared to, uh, Nikhil Harry. Uh, so, you know, had a bad draft pick a couple of years ago. It was like a second or third round pick. He's a draft pick. He's been hurt. But they've had too many of those. And, uh, you know, go look at the last, like, 10 years of second round draft picks. And Nikhil is going to be amplified and magnified. But, I mean, a lot of people like that draft pick, including me. So it just didn't, it hasn't worked out. He'll probably get traded and go somewhere else and have a fairly decent career. But it just hasn't worked out well for him in New England. But Nikhil gets way too much blame for stuff uh, you know he's had uh bill has had uh two historic players that he he, he uh cut ties with in the last two years and, and gronk and tommy and it's it's for similar reasons where uh you get new england out uh belichick out and uh just got t- football isn't fun anymore and uh you know it's it is what it is and uh uh I hate to use the line the Eagles use, but uh, with the fun stuff. But the it just wasn't. Uh, it was harder than it had to be. I think's the best way to say it. Where uh, you know, not surrounding Tom with better players and 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 treating Gronk like he's just a hood ornament. And uh, you know how how BA handled him and got him. You know he played all sixteen games, and BA uh, got him through the whole season. And, and Tommy was the same way. Um, even though, you know, there's some reporters up in Boston will tell you Tom's going to have to have his knee amputated, which was a bunch of total, total BS, and it's not even a huge deal. Um, he's, he's 43 years old. Everybody needs a little tune-up. He's not yeah. Ben Roethlisberger. He's no. not Ben Roethlisberger. He doesn't look like he trains a steak and shake. So, <laughs> no. there you go. All right, there you go. Uh, so any other, so I guess staring away from football. Oh, at, you know what i got to tell you? Let me yeah. tell you something. You'll like this. When I told your buddy Hajar that I was coming on, he lit up like a Christmas tree. So did he? I know Steve's going to be excited that I'm on. He pitched pitched a good game Friday. That was the game we lost in the series, but it was later in the game, and uh, he's he's been pitching great. He's a great kid, and uh, he's a, he's a big part of our team and all of our success. He's our Friday starter, and he's a really really good kid. And he's come back from that that crazy basketball injury that might have cost us the national championship in 2019. Yeah. Um, he's a great kid, and he's a hard worker, and very proud of him. For a Central Catholic guy, he's turned out okay. <laughs> no, he's 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 a he's he's a great kid. I, I love him, too. He's always been, uh, you know, he's, he's always been he's always been nice to me. I, I told him I want to get him on the... His parents, uh, are, good, his parents, his parents are good people, too. They were up yeah. this weekend. I want to talk to them. Good people. From North Andover people, they're good people. <laughs> Oh boy! Uh, all right. So, any any other sports uh, you know that you want to talk about? Red Sox. Uh, I, well, I guess you're a big you're big on on, on the Mets. Um, Let's not talk about the Mets. This is a family program. I don't want to start swearing. <laughs> That's a good idea. That's a good idea. Yeah, it's, uh, but I'll tell you what. You know who had a really good day? Don Sweeney and the Boston Bruins. Yeah, they did. They did. We can talk Bruins yeah, if you want. Getting. Uh, getting Getting Macy's level players at Kmart prices. What a what a yeah. job! <laughs> and don't sleep on Mike Riley, the defenseman. That's a good that's a good move. But I love I love Kurt, Curtis Lazar, and uh, I think Taylor Hall on the Bruins is a good move. My whole objective for them is, and I have one request of the Bruins: if they would just if they would make me very happy, 
thing would say what's very what's left very the little very little that's left on my hair if they would just get rid of Tukarask. I agree if with you. Just, I agree I with you. Stand Tukarask. And the other one, I just never have understood the fascination with David Krejci. It's like for 10 years I've been trying to find his wingers. Maybe after a while, the wingers aren't the problem. Right. You know, so, I mean, uh, but there's the point now with Taylor Hall and, uh, and it looks like Pasta's going to play with them, those two guys together. But they're in a position here. They didn't give up a lot. Uh, I like the two gold young goalies. I know they got lit up like a lamp last night, but I think you and me were on their defensive core last night. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I just like what they've done. I'm a big Don Sweeney guy. Uh, you know, hockey's my probably my second second sport after football. So, but it's um, I like I really quietly like what they did, and uh, you know, it's uh, their position here to be pretty good in the next couple of years. Like I said, both of the goalies' contracts are up. Uh, Halak and uh, Tuka. Krejci's contract's up. Krejci's the highest paid player on the Bruins, by the way. People don't know that. Yeah. He he needs to shake his hand of his agent. Uh, I mean, that's what number, what, as far as the players on the Bruins, and the one number of players than Krejci is like six or seven, and he's the highest. This is why the Patriots think the, uh, the, uh, you, you mess up your, your roster and you, you're paying the wrong people uh, or you're not paying the right people. But, you know, it is what it is. What's going on with the Merrimack baseball team? Merrimack? Harrison, give me an update. Merrimack? Me an update. I know Cedric, Cedric pitched the other day. I saw that. Cedric pitched in a... give him a shout-out. Hand over grade, Cedric Gillette, number 88. That's right. Number one in your heart. Number one in your hearts. <laughs> That's right. And, you know, he's a big he's punk, a big thank punk, you. The punk didn't wear my number in high school. What a delinquent he is. He should <laughs> wear my number in high school. <laughs> I think they retired it, actually. I'm kidding. Or they actually, I don't know if they retired it. They might have banned it. So there you go. Oh, so boy. It was, it was such a, it was held in such infamy. They took it away. So there you go. Now, the, uh, did, did they ban, did they ban your number after, uh, after how mad you were after that Central Catholic uh, field goal was called good back in, back in the oh, 90s? You, okay. L- listen, <laughs> that was funny because the, but the amazing thing about that that whole game and that whole situation is that Central technically won that game, but our players still get interviewed about it all the time. Whenever there's an anniversary, matter of fact, I'm going back to I'm going back to Boston tomorrow. I'm coming to, I'm coming to Hanover tomorrow, and I'm going to stay with Coach Pete Riley, our special teams coach. He's like my second. He's like my big brother, second dad, all that. And how I found, how I reconnected with him, it was a Facebook post about that game on the 20th anniversary gotcha. of it. And the amazing thing about that game and that both those teams is how many people from those two teams are successful and done great things? I mean, Pat Finn, our quarterback, is a school teacher uh, and he's a coach. Joe Marinaro and Brett Hammond are big uh uh, video, uh, uh, sports video uh, 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 sales guys and directors, CEOs, executives over there. Uh, I'm, I'm the 53rd man in Andover. I'm doing an interview with you. Uh, there's so many guys off of those two teams uh, that have just done great things. Stephen Fuller, one of our offensive linemen, is a big, uh, big uh, lawyer on the Colorado West Coast part of the country. Eric Greenstein. And Joel Marinello, between the two of them, started about seven years into uh, 
two Big Ten schools. Joe was the captain here at Michigan. Uh, you know, there's so many guys. Uh, Tommy Benedictus, one of our running backs, he's a big executive for Sony Music. Uh, I'm sure I'm missing. There's a bunch of Central guys who have done great stuff. But um, you know, I grew up with Chris Lane and Sean Fennerin. So yeah, um, you know, Chris was uh, Chris was one of my baseball teammates, and Sean was very tight with the Arabinos. He uh, so that was a big thing. But the thing about that that whole game, the '89 game, and to lesser extent the '87 game set things up for the next 20 years of the rivalry. And they just had the game last week, the 17 nothing game. Uh, but, you know, it's there's always going to be a rivalry. I know uh, we don't play them on Thanksgiving anymore. Uh, that kind of takes away from our experience. But, you know, hell, I'm still in the news. I'm getting interviews. Uh, you know, I get we get to talk about it. And uh, Coach Adamopoulos has done a great job there. Uh, he's maintained it. He was, I believe, the defense coordinator when uh, that game was going on. And uh, B.J. Perry done an incredible job. He's like my big brother. I g- literally grew up in his backyard, and he's done uh, an incredible job at Andover. Uh, got a great group of kids, and uh, I'm coming out to support him this week. against it gets North Andover Friday. So nice. now, now, here's the thing, okay? I just said some nice things about Central Catholic. I'll never say any nice things about North Andover, so sorry, Harrison. All right, that's fine. That's fine. No, here's, no I actually, I just lied. I'll say this good thing about North Andover. Harrison's is there. So, <laughs> which is, of course, named after you, right, Harrison? Right, well, I'm... Do you get, like, half off when you walk in there? They give you half off on a, on a, a large beef with sauce? Or, I, mean, I wish. I wish. I've asked before, and I've gotten no luck. No luck. Okay, so I don't know if anybody's talked to you about this, but there are some sick, disgusting rumors out there that I used to go to Harrison's and get into a lot of fights. I don't know where it started. I, I, I really don't know how that was. It's all lies. I, I would, Harrison, the game would be over. I'd go to church, okay? I never <laughs> did anything like that. I didn't hit anybody with the chair, Harrison. That wasn't me. All right, all right. That wasn't me. Well, you, you heard it here first. Liars, anybody who says that to you, they're lying. It's not true. All right, I got it. So are you banned from the place I, or, I know, or when, when you... It, when, I was done at, when I was done at church, I went to the orphanage, okay? Get it right. All right. So when, when, you're, when you come back, uh, you know, and you spend time here, are you going to come... Are you allowed to step foot in, in Harrison's or is there a big picture of you that says banned? No, 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 no. It's, 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 it's actually the exact opposite. Okay, good. They like, it when I, they like it when I come back. See, a lot of the guys that still are Harrison's have been there for a long time. And they're used to, the, one of the night managers, believe it or not, was Jay when I was growing up. And I used to come in there. And uh, see, the, the, one of the things you learn when, and I was just half joking about getting into fights there, is you never go there alone. And you have as many of your friends with you because there's North Andover guys, there's Lawrence guys, there's Central guys. There's always different sets of guys there. Yeah. And there's various different stories of different teams. This guy got jumped. This guy got did this. This guy did that. Um, you know, some of them are true. Some of them are not. Uh, you know, it, it's pretty funny. Uh, it, but it's a centralized location. Uh, you know, from my era, we had a lot of different friends. On, I mentioned, you know, Chris Lane and the Fennerans. Sean was in my high school class. Chris was the year ahead of me. Um, you know, and Chris and I both wore number 19, which is pretty funny. But uh, he wore it a little bit better than me. He's probably the 
greatest <laughs> quarterback in history, Son of Catholic. And he's a, I guess he's doing great things in his life. I, I just saw a story about him. But he's a good guy. It was a big loss for us. I mean, he was somebody I grew up with and thought he was, a, he was going to be a great player. He's also a very good baseball player. Um, and uh, I believe he went to Colgate and played at Colgate. So, and Sean and all of his brothers, you know, they did great things. It's just, Sean doesn't know this, but I tried to get him recruited by Michigan when uh, they came to recruit Marinaro. So I thought he would be like a Chris Zorich type nose guard at Michigan. Uh, and he would have been a good a good fit in Michigan. A little undersized, but he always got by. And I think you see in a pattern a pretty good career at UNH. So it's good for him and his family, obviously. But uh, no, it's it, it, it's fun. Uh, it's fun to get back and, and relive some old times. And, you know, I, I some of these people actually believe I was good. So that, that's pretty funny. But uh, well, there you so go. The, the more famous, the more famous you become, Harrison, the more they lie about you. Just remember that. All right. Good. Good. Good to know, I guess. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts about the Celtics? Do you do you have do you have time to talk a little Celtics? Oh, Again, this is fa- this is a family show, right? Yes. Um, uh, I mean, uh, well, the number one thing is you've been paying attention to what's going on. Aren't you glad they don't have Kyrie anymore? Um, oh yeah. I think this team. Uh, I think Ainge has made some mistakes uh, going back to the Isaiah Thomas thing. When I was a big Isaiah Thomas fan. And uh, I didn't like how he treated him. And I think around the league, there's a lot of the players don't like Danny Ainge. For, and the GMs of the other teams don't like Danny Ainge because uh, he's always ripping guys off in deals and stuff. So I think it's hard. Um, I think this team they have now with um, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown is a lot like the Antoine Walker or Paul Pierce team, where I think – they're not good enough to win. They're also not good. They're also not bad enough to be in the lottery. They're like a 45-50 win team. And they need some things to happen, like whether it's Time Lord or Pritchard getting really good or Marcus Smart to stop shooting the ball or uh, Fournier to be really good. I think their upside is limited um, to what they can be and what they can do. And I think ultimately what's going to happen is very similar to the Paul Pierce or Antoine Walker team. They're going to trade one of them, keep the other one, and then hopefully, you know, get a Jeff Green, Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen scenario where they can, um, you know, get more players because it's a star-driven league. Yep. Um, I think you need to have at least one top 10, top 20 player on your team to win. Uh, It's LeBron's era now, so he's obviously, on his worst day at this point, a top five player. Right. Um, So you got to get somebody to take that guy out, whether it's a Kawhi Leonard or go look at the last 20, 30 years. You know, Kawhi Leonard, Tim Duncan, the 15 guys on Golden State, uh, you know, uh, you know the Celtics with Kevin Garnett, Pierce, and Ray Allen. So you got to Dwayne Wade and Shaq, Kobe, Dirk Nowitzki. You need to have an elite stud player. You either need to hope that Tatum or Brown becomes that. Or, hell, maybe Time Lord becomes Giannis uh, or something like that. So that's what they need to have happen. I don't think it's Brad Stevens' fault. I think um, he's a good coach. I think just the roster. I think the biggest thing is they really recently they screwed up the Gordon Hayward thing. They should have got Miles Turner. And uh, that's, I think, where they screwed up. But, I mean, I'm not really a huge, huge NBA guy. 
Um, there's only so much time in the day. You know, I got my hockey, I got my baseball, and I got my football. And I don't see my bed enough anyway, Saracen. So, <laughs> but I'm a huge Celtics fan. But uh, it's just it's disappointing because I think they're kind of where they are because of mistakes. I mean, imagine if they didn't do the Fultz Tatum trade, how bad this team would be. Yeah. So, um, I mean, there's a lot of things that have to have happened and break their way for them to be successful. But, I mean, we'll see uh, what happens here. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised at the Red Sox. You mentioned them earlier. I like their field team. I like their manager. And uh, hopefully... Uh, so you like you like Alex up. Cora, even though yeah. all of the rumors... Well, just to let you know, one of my U of M buddies, Akio Thomas, who is the second baseman on the 2019... College World Series runner-ups is one of the coaches in Portland. Okay, Sea Dogs. He's a star in there this year. He was literally coaching with us in December, right around Christmas. He got the job with the Red Sox. Okay, so um, he's coaching Double A. So he's going to have uh, that big outfield prospect you guys get coming. Is it Duran? Uh, the college, the Long Beach State kid. Hold on, I'll tell you. I'm looking it up right now. Uh, Jaron Duran, Long Beach State, Jared 2018. Durant. Yep. Yep. Well, Dahlbeck's up. Jeter Downs is probably in double-A AA or triple-A coming. And uh, uh, Tristan Casillas is a couple years away. But, you know, they get a lot of guys coming, prospects coming. And, uh, you know, you got to wait for the Dustin Pedroia Albatross to get off their contract, <laughs> out of that contract. And uh, maybe one of these days the Red Sox will hit Manny Machado. But uh, <laughs> probably not. But, uh, uh, no, it's... I think they're trending up. Obviously, they need pitchers, um, and gotta, the ownership's going to want to spend money. That's another concern. Are they more concerned about their soccer team and their other teams? Don't you think it's a little funny that LeBron James owns a baseball team and A-Rod's about to own an NBA team? Yeah, it's weird. I mean, that's a whole other like little segment or yeah. to talk about. Yeah, no, it's but it's no. it's weird. No, I, I actually think the Red Sox, you know, the couple of breaks can win 85 games. I don't like the Yankees. I don't like their pitching, and I don't like their their reliance on uh, Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge, who always hurt. And I just don't like their pitching. Um, Toronto's got a lot of young guys, and that's when there's sometimes you have too many young guys, and you need to bring in a kind of a veteran guy. The, the, this team they remind me a lot of the 2015 Mets, where they brought Suspedes in at the deadline. You just add a guy to make your team take off and add to the roster of, you know, that veteran, like the adult in the room type of guy. So I think they kind of need that, but we'll see. Um, I, I like their team, but uh, their division obviously is very good. Tampa's great. Toronto, Yankees. We took down Tampa. We took, we took down Tampa 3-0. Yeah, but, but trust me, by the end of the year, they're going to have a pretty good team. I mean, they're not going to. You think you're going to get by with the, the – the pitchers you guys are throwing out there right now, particularly the start. No, I don't think we are, and that's why. Don't forget one of my U of M buddies is one of your pitchers. So. All right. Yeah, I just one of your starters. Yeah, you no, I just the way I look at it is, you know, we we started the season up 0-3 against the Orioles, and then we go to the Rays. Traditionally, traditionally, I've given the Red Sox problems going back to when Buck Showalter was there. Yeah, I, 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 I don't, you know, I, I don't know. You know, and now they're six and three, uh, so I, I they really like they did a three sixty, I think. Yeah, I mean, they're, uh, 
as long as they're interesting for you guys something to do and talk about instead of talking about who the, who the Patriots quarterback's going to be for, for the next three months. So. All right, well, let me ask you something. Who do you think the Patriots quarterback is going to be? Somebody who's on an NFL team right now. Okay. All right. You like that answer? I and do like I'll, I'll, I, I'm, I'm going to give you a bold prediction. Okay. Because around, around March 24th last year, it went on Steve Ballesteri's Patriots podcast, and I told him that Cam would be the Patriots quarterback. Wow. I'm going to break some ankles right now. All right. The opening day quarterback for the Patriots in 2022 will be Aaron Rodgers. Really? Yep. Remember I told you that. I will. And if I'm wrong, you can bring me on and make me make fun of me. So there you go. Well, you know what? If that happens, I think you'll have to come on. I'll make fun of you a little bit, and we'll come on and we'll talk Pat's Buccaneers when they're uh, here well, in New I England. Know I know. I, I do know this. Aaron Rodgers will not be on the Packers next season. Really? I do not believe he'll be on the, the Buccaneers. He's on his, he, he might not make it through training camp this year, but he will not be on the Buccaneers. He will not be on the Packers next year. Wow. Wow. That's yep. some big news. That's why they drafted Jordan Love. They've been setting up. This is very similar to Garoppolo with the Patriots. They have set motion. And don't forget, the, one of the big differences between the Packers and the Patriots is the Packers are like a stock. They're owned by several owners. There's no Mr. Kraft there to stop things and say, hey, Tommy's going to be our QB. Get rid of Garoppolo. Which might or might not have happened, by the way. But the... Um, yeah, I mean, there's a scenario there. Why I think I don't think Aaron wants to be there either. So I think that's another part of it. But yeah, I, I do not believe. I believe there's a very good chance Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback of the Patriots in 2022. How about How about Jimmy G? Um, what is one of Bill Belichick's favorite sayings about ability? Uh, you the, lo- the greatest ability is availability. And he doesn't have that, I guess, right? Because he's in- injury prone. And he also is making $25 million a year. Right. And uh, you think that Bill, Bill Belichick just won seven games with Kim Newton, who had COVID, didn't have an offseason, and they have much better players around them now. Right. They could win 10, 11 games with Gardner Minshew. They could win 10, 11 games with uh, Marcus Mariota. They could win 10, 11 games with help. They could bring in Tyrod Taylor and run the ball 50 times a game and might win seven or eight games. So if I was them, I, if I was them, I would have signed Fitzpatrick, and they didn't do that. But if I was them, Tom would have never left the building. So that, that's another part of their problem. Oh, I I'm listen, sure. I'm 100% and with you on that. People think, I was, people think I'm in charge. I'm not in charge. So, But that's, um, you know, Tom would have never left the building. But, um, you know. And they would have done a better job surrounding him with better players, but you know, but it it is what it is. Um, yeah, there's a whole bunch of guys out there. Min, Gardner Minshew's an obvious one. Uh, by the way, does Mitch Trubisky have a home yet? I don't think so. I'll look it up. You're worse than him. Remember the other thing besides the biggest ability is availability. Uh, Bill Belichick's big other second biggest thing is buy low, sell high. Is there any stock lower than Mitch Trubisky right now? By the way, that team made the playoffs, and he's better than people think. Do I think he's Joe Montana? No, but I don't think he's the bum of the month either. Right. 
I like him better than Sam Darnold. I do not like Sam Darnold. I have never liked Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold should get an endorsement from Betty Crocker. He's a turnover factory. He just like, hands the ball, and he did that in college, too. Currently, uh, Sam, uh, Sam Darnold's the first quarterback in the history of the league to go to a bad team. Uh, I mean, I, I've never heard of a – imagine that, a guy drafting the lottery, he went to a bad team. I guess Baker Mayfield's Browns were a wonderful organization when he got there, right? Yeah. They made the playoffs, right? Yeah. I can't believe I'm see this is on you're very moment. I'm saying nice things about Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Uh, not a not a big fan of his work. But uh so no Harrison, I appreciate you having me on. I know you probably gotta wrap up, but uh reach out anytime. I'm around, uh you know, if you wanna pick my brain, what's left of it. Uh <laughs> anytime I'm here and I'll let you know. And uh just keep doing what you're doing. Sooner or later, you know. You never know. The next guy coming around the corner might be the seven-string quarterback at your college and turn out to be one of the greatest team athletes of all time. There you go. All right, well, uh, thanks, thanks, Jay, for uh, for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Staying on for 40 minutes, that uh, that was awesome. Great having you on. I really okay. appreciate the thing it. thing is, get a shout-out to my buddy Jeremy Gibson, the athletic director at Merrimack. He's doing an incredible job. He is. He's doing a great job taking us D1. He used, to, he, used to, he used to kick my ass when we were little kids. Just don't make sure he doesn't hear that part. He's my buddy. He's a, well, maybe the best maybe the best athlete from our class, really, and he's a great kid. Great family man doing a great job at Merrimack. All right. Well, thank okay, you for uh, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Anytime. LFG. Talk to you later. Bye. See ya.